Aloha, how's it? What's good, y'all? This is the Soul Brother coming to you from a very rainy Monday here in Kauai, the Garden Isle. Hawaiian Standard Time is always a quarter till two. We out here chilling. We getting it in. We getting it in. But uh, we need to tighten up on a little situation here. And that's the name of this podcast, The Product of a Broken Home. I uh, heard some things since the last time I did a podcast, and I thought I'd speak on it. And this is this is kind of a serious one, uh, but I think this is this is going to resonate with with many of us who uh, who come from a one parent household, or maybe we have um, maybe our parents split and one got remarried, um, and we just you know had to kind of. We had to kind of figure out like uh, how to get along, and and in my case, uh, that's what happened. I lived with uh, my mom and dad. Um, I can't remember when I was that young. I just know that one day, my parents were yelling at each other. They were mad, and then my mom took me. Uh, so at the time, we were living in Hutchinson, Kansas, which is thirty miles west of where I was born. Um, in Kansas, in this little town called Newton. And so my mom and my dad's sister were good friends. So my mom went over there. And um, that kind of started the whole evolution of, I guess, my parents splitting. You know, the family knows the story. I don't. Uh, You know, my mom has kind of explained her side. I've heard my dad's side. So, you know... Naturally, there's there's some facts missing. Uh, some incriminating things obviously must have happened in order for this uh, split to happen. But, you know, where I want to go with it is basically I want to kind of explain what I went through. No fault of my parents or myself or anyone. And then what I decided like to do in my life and try to hopefully, uh, for those of you all that are in this situation, you can try to find your peace and your light in order to kind of step through, walk through, and get through, because it's it's not easy. It's not easy. So a product of a broken home, no. In order for your home to be broken, to me, that means a few things. One, you know, you come from either a single-parent household, um, or maybe you come from an abusive household, or maybe, you know, uh, you have no one in your household. Maybe something traumatic has happened and so you no longer have parents or your parents aren't there or, you know, I got some friends who's uh, I actually have a, a foster brother who his mom and dad, uh, they were drug addicts. So and, you know, I never forget they left him, his his other brother and his sister um, uh, with us on our doorstep and, and that was it. So. You know, and that's, you know, uh, that can be very difficult. I don't necessarily know how my little bro, when he was young, had got through it. To be honest, I don't even think he really realized. So, uh, but whenever something like that happens for the child, right, it can be very difficult. A lot of the time, us parents, we don't necessarily think about the ramifications of of our actions as parents and what that means like for the kids. I know for me, when I saw my parents, like I was getting ready to say, like I know uh, my mom had took me 
uh, that particular day. I remember my dad's mom was there, my mom's mom was there, my dad's sister, the aunt that my mom was friends with, like, was there. Um, there was a lot of shouting, yelling. My mom, she grabbed me, took me, said, let's go. I was with my mom and and my dad's sister and then her children. Um, and we all went to McDonald's in Hutchinson. And I never forgot. I was, like, so stoked because I got to have a Happy Meal. And, but my mom was just kind of distraught. And I do remember that. I just... Because I was so young, I remember looking at her and seeing that something wasn't right. But as a kid, I was really young. I mean, you know, my focus was more on the food and toys and going, you know, like to have fun. So so you fast forward to many, 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 many years ago. That's all I remember. So from that, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot that... For me, it came out of that. Like the first thing is basically you have my mom and my father. Then you have my mom's family and my father's family. And then I'm right in the middle. So you basically, when you start growing up and you don't know what happened in these situations, right? You start to get a gist of it because one or both parents will kind of start sharing their rendition of of the story. Um, Now, obviously, you know, they're not going to incriminate themselves, but they'll give you just enough information for you to ascertain and kind of understand what happened. So me being 43 now, I still don't truly honestly know what happened. I have heard things, so I kind of have ideas and I kind of have kind of played things back in my head as to what could have happened and how things got to the point that they got to. But, you know, what I see is I have... One parent feels like they were done wrong. The other parent really doesn't really have any feeling. So I can kind of see from that, you know, okay, judging from things that I've heard or, you know, uh, that kind of thing, what that means. And so when you first start off and you're going down this journey as the kid or now as the young adult or whoever, the toddler or whatever, that's trying to figure this out. It's very, um, it's very confusing, right? You get into the point of, you know, you wanting to take sides with one parent or the other. Sometimes the parents will play you against uh, the other. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's really brutal. You know, I know I went through my divorce and a little bit of that happened. Um, you know, not necessarily from my standpoint, but that can happen when, when your life changes all of a sudden and now you're in a new situation as a parent. But what you parents need to understand is that when your children are involved in this, right? I always had a rule with my ex-wife and I told her, I said, whenever we argue, we don't argue in, in front of the kids. We take that offline. We take it somewhere else. Want to go down to the basement? You want to yell as loud as you can? Fine. That's fine. But never in front of the kids because when you do it in front of the kids, Kids don't understand. All that they see is anger, madness, sometimes sadness, right? Tears, and, you know, hope to God that there's nothing physical happening, right? But there's some kids who have seen the whole gamut. And when you consistently see that as, as a young person and your values and your beliefs are being developed as you speak, when you see something like that, then you tend to think that that's what 
you need to do. Like, that's how you're supposed to live your life. And that's not the case. In my case, it was a bit different. It was like, while I knew whatever had happened was like, not good. What I got was I got conflicting stories. So for the better part of my whole life, I'm 43 now, still not knowing the actual full on truth. Because, you know, for me, and this is agnostic to uh, my parents or to anybody, but when someone is at fault, the last thing that they want to do is admit that they're wrong, right? Regardless, it doesn't matter who's involved, family, kids, whoever, right? But their actions, they don't understand while they're trying to, to basically cover up themselves and they're trying to make themselves look good. For the child that's involved or the other people, there's animosity that's growing. They're getting pissed off and upset because something's not matching up. You said A, B, C, but I'm seeing D, E, F. But what in the heck is X, Y, Z doing out here? It doesn't make any sense. And that's kind of what I had to go through. That's the best way that I can kind of explain it. So while I continued on, when I was in college, you know, there was clear, uh, how can I say it? There was clear lines drawn in between my mom's family and my dad's family. Um, I don't know fully why. For me, in my brain, I kind of figured me being in the position that I am would bring everybody together. And it did, because when I graduated like from high school, then everybody came together. I graduated from college, everybody came together. But you can still sense the the uh, uh, the tension, right? And even until this day, right, on both sides, like there's... There's things that are said sometimes that I can just kind of feel and read as though it's like there's unfinished business. But for the parents that are involved, right, while they're too busy trying to kind of try to protect their own image, the image that's really hurting, the values and the core beliefs and all those that are really failing is the child, right? Coming from a broken home where where things are are not quite positive and where they should be. A lot of us kids, we grow up trying to figure out how we're supposed to get through this crap, right? Um, there's no rule book for this, right? Everything that you read in the Bible, everything that you hear about, you know, love and compassion and forgiveness, right? These things that you hear about at church and other places, but then you see that that's not necessarily always being practiced. Well, why is that? So when it comes to you, the child, me, at this point, I have to make the decision that the adults couldn't make. What do I do? So what I chose to do, not really understanding, was I loved both sides. I just had, to be honest, in in uh, the way that I looked at it is I had two families, right? But I would always feel that there was always, it's like, People wanted to wish the other side well, but there was still that residual left, you know, it just, and it felt uncomfortable. So the older that I got, high school into a college now and college into becoming an adult and in the working world, slowly but surely, you know, things have kind of come out from both sides, right? And they're, and they're not necessarily positive things. Like, uh, they're negative. I won't necessarily repeat them, right? Because I don't necessarily know if they're true. 
But let's just say coming from something like that would make anybody twist and turn and basically just, I want to lose their marbles, not act right. Right. Um, and I always went back and I thought, why did I turn out how I did? While I could have turned out as a rotten kid that was just missing his mom and missing his dad and acting out, right? Yes, I went through uh, my teenage years. I went through like the depression. I went through acne. I went through all those things, meeting girls, all, all of those things. But I felt like I did it alone. For me, having a social life, being able to go out with friends and enjoy that. I lived with my grandparents, so they were kind of on the controlling side. They didn't want me to go out because at that time, where I lived in Newton, believe it or not, in that little old rinky-dink town, there was a lot of crime. There was a lot of drugs, and there was a lot of different things going on. There's people coming up from Wichita. That's the big city that's right to the south for about 20 miles. So they were having murders. There, I mean, it was like there was a whole lot of things. We had kids at my school when I was in high school that shot their parents at Dylan's. Mr. Zook, which was that shook me because I knew Mr. Zook. You know, it was just like that was that was a time in my life where I could have went left or I could have went right or I could have went up or I could have went down. But I had enough stability. My dad's mom. Is who I lived with, right? She, you know, and uh, she kept me straight. Uh, rest in peace, Dottie. Was on me. While she didn't allow me to go a lot of places, it wasn't because she didn't want me to have a life. It was because, you know, she was trying to protect me, right? But on the same token, right, a lot of this stuff that was happening or that had happened, my grandma was apparently involved in it, you know? So for me knowing some of this stuff, and she didn't know that I knew that, it was really hard for me to understand why I was being unnecessarily punished, but why I had to live in accordance to certain rules when that's not how everybody else grew up, right? It always seemed like there was always a reason, but when I look back on it, right, while the parents were at odds with each other, the one thing that I think they all got right was they basically, when it came to me, they all did the right thing. Because none of what happened before before I was born was my fault. That's their fault. My mother, my father, my grandmother, the whole family on both sides, whatever happened, that's was that's what that's what happened then. All I know is I came into the world as a lively little bubbly little guy that just wanted to be loved. That's it. And throughout the course of, of, of my life, right, there's been a lot of situations where I've found out these things that I didn't want to know. And I've had to make that tough decision. Well, you know, that's just how they decided like to deal with stuff. I don't necessarily want to follow suit. So I made some changes in my life that basically I didn't really understand. I didn't always have my mom there because sometimes I lived with my mom. Sometimes I lived with my dad. Right. Uh, depending on the season and the year. And then I was with my grandma towards the latter part of kind of my adolescence and uh, being a teenager when my dad decided that he was going to move down to Texas. And, you know, for me, when I lived with my mom, my mom was very regiment, right? She had a regiment. I was very, very, very regimented. Like I got up at a certain time. I ate, went to school at a certain time, got off, had to do homework. She got home. We ate dinner. We did this. We did that. Right. Bam. 
when my mom's mom died, I moved to go be with my dad because I wanted to live with my dad. I had never really lived with him before, you know, after I left at the tender age of one or two or whenever, I just, I never remembered having a relationship with my father. So I told my mom and it broke her heart. After her mom died, you know, I said, I want to go live with my dad. That was not the right time for her, but I just felt like I had to do that. And I didn't know why. My mom and I were, you know, kind of always knocking heads. It was because she was caretaking for her mom, my Nana, who passed away. So she was working, taking care of my Nana and the family affairs and trying to keep it all all straight. I swear, my mom, for as long as I can tell y'all, has been caretaking somebody in the family. If it wasn't her mom or her sister or her sisters, you know, like she's never taken care of herself, right? She's never, I mean, but she does and she finds a way, right? And that's, and I think that that quality in my mom is what I definitely got is that no matter what, no matter what the circumstances are that you come into, the cars that are dealt to you, it's not your fault, no. But you know what? You take that deck, you take that hand, and you figure out how to, you figure out, you know, what can you do to make it better? Um, you know, you may have a two and a three and you need an ace and a queen, but you don't quit and you don't give up. If you look at it the right way, you might be able to get a flush, right? You, you may be able, you know, so you, you, you have to look at it in that perspective, but that it takes a great parent to put that perspective in you. So to be a product of a broken home, that's what I am. And it wasn't my fault. But because of the love that I got from everybody, right? A little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit there. At the end of it, it was enough for me to feel loved. Now, as I've gotten older, right, it's kind of like a scab. When you start to peel that back, well, then you see what's underneath it. And it's not, and it's not so pretty. That's what I've seen in the last 10, 15, 20 years of my life has been a lot of scab peeling. And there's been a lot of things that have been kind of made aware to me that were not. And because of that, you know, I've kind of had to change my thought process on a lot of things. It was, uh, it was very annoying, uh, to say the least that I had to do that, but it's something that I had to do. So. I'm going to move because it's, it's pouring like cats and dogs out here, y'all. I just don't understand. So where I find myself now, after all this time, is I basically, is I find myself kind of at a, you know, a crossroad. Um, I have, I have my mom who I talk to often. My dad, I don't talk to that often. Um, you know, he's going uh, through some medical things right now. So, and, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel really bad about that, but my heart's been twisted. I mean, it's one thing for me to be like misunderstood about something, but to be misled and to find out many, many, many years later that you were misled, it kind of hurts. Now, where I've been misled at, I don't know, but things just don't add up for me. But for me, there's one or two things that I can do. I can continue to like try to figure it out and to be mad at at everyone who's involved. 
which is just, that doesn't make any sense. That's just a waste of my time and my effort. Or I can kind of try to do what my Heavenly Father would do and what I've been taught to do, which is to turn the other cheek. You know, um, I'm not necessarily saying that you should ignore you should ignore negative behavior or you should ignore things that are being said. But at some point, you kind of have to, because I think a large amount of the people who come from a broken home is that they basically get into a situation where it's them against the world. Or they find out that, you know, the, uh, the cold hard truth that something that was told to them is a lie. And they find themselves trying to figure out how and why. And I'm just here to tell you, friends, you know, a lot of the time you're never going to know why. Why? Because a lot of the people that did those things don't want you to find out. So a lot of those secrets die with those people. And a lot of those secrets people live with. But you got to realize those secrets don't have nothing to do with you. If they do, that's one thing. But a lot of them don't, especially if you're a child. Because a lot of it is adults get very ashamed. They make mistakes. They do things that they shouldn't do. Um, and when they do those things and then they have to be accountable for it, they don't want to. So instead of being ac accountable for it and, and then, and then on the other side of them being uh, forgiven, depending on what it is that they did, sometimes there's things that are unforgivable. And in this particular case with, with my mother and father, I believe that's what it is. Um, my mother never remarried, but my father did. But my mother always has shared with me that, you know, you know, you always need to make sure that you treat people how you want to be treated and always remain positive. And I've tried to do that to the best of my ability. But what I've noticed is that as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot of kickback from my dad's side of the family and a lot of odd behavior that I never really understood. And I tried to make some sense of it but i couldn't and even at 43 you know there's still pieces of the puzzle missing but i think i know what happened and it's sad because you know um the only ones that really paid for it in the end wasn't really the adults it was it was uh, the children and in this particular case me my brothers and sisters i have brothers and sisters uh, they don't necessarily have you know, uh, uh, these issues because the life that uh, they all lived was one totally different than what I lived. But although that's the case, that's, ne you know, it's not necessarily their fault. Things worked out for them. Things for me, they did not, but they honestly actually did because in the long run, what I have been able to determine from all this is basically, you know, who I am, learning from the mistakes that were made on both sides, on both sides of the fence, my mom and my dad and the families, right? Seeing the specific behavior that came from that. For me, what I'm able to determine and deduce from that is how I don't want to live my life. And so... I had an opportunity and a chance. I could have cut left and, and I could have went south, but I didn't. Right? I could have fell into the same traps, but it's like I told my mother the other day, I'm the generational gap changer. I said, I'm changing things. I said, I don't necessarily like the way things were going. 
right? And evolution up until I was born. So I don't necessarily need to continue on certain traits, right? And I'm not, because those traits don't align with my values and my beliefs. I'm a man, and I believe in telling the truth at all costs, right? And I'll never let anybody down or steer anyone astray. That's just not what you do. That's not what I will ever do. So I took the vow that I'm going to live my life different. While I know that there's something that happened that I can't really put my finger on, that doesn't necessarily pertain to me. Unfortunately, it's caused me animosity in between both of my parents and both sides of my family. Because from my perspective, how I see it, when I'm young and I'm dumb, I'm expecting them to work it out. And don't necessarily bring that around me at any point. When I'm young, definitely don't. But when I get older, right? At this point, many years have gone by. So it's hard to say, let the bygones be bygones when whatever happened could have altered your life. So if something happened from, from uh, my mom's perspective, right? If she found out something that she shouldn't have found out, you know, that could have easily altered her even meeting my father or vice versa, or even me being born. Right. And be that as it may, when you're the child or when you're in the middle of it all, it's like, what are you supposed to do when both sides are pulling you? One wants you to believe this. I want you to believe this. But what's what? But it's like, well, what's the truth? And friends, I wish I could tell you and give you the answer as to what to do, but I can't. While I'm 43 and I went through this crap for most of my life, I went through this stuff for 41 years of my life. At some point, one parent is deciding to cover for the other. Maybe not necessarily because they want to, but because they don't necessarily want me to repeat history. They don't want me to know the past. They don't want me to like, not like uh, the other side or do something. That much I can tell. So whatever has happened is probably not good. <laughs> probably cheating or something like that. It's got to be that or something, i.e. infidelity. But one will never know. But enough clues are there and enough understanding of things and how things are kind of, you know, like are. I can kind of determine that, you know, something ain't right. Right? Like, it's like... It's like, uh, for me, I don't necessarily always hear from everybody in my families on both sides. But the ones uh, uh, that I do normally have a clean nose. Nothing's going on. It's just, you know, we just family. We just doing what, you know, it's like, hey, are we just doing what we do? But a lot of, a, a lot of family members, they don't talk to me and I don't really care because a lot of them know I have a lot to say, but I don't necessarily always say it. But, Having gone through this for so long and having this come up time and time again, even at my age now, things still come up from it. There's obviously something really bad that's happened that is still affecting my mom, that has affected her family and the way that they see my father's family and vice versa. But as hard as it may be to understand that and to see it and feel it, that doesn't pertain to you, friends. That doesn't necessarily make you broken. You may have come from a broken home. You may have come from a home that, you know, 
has issues with one another, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're the issue. And a lot of us children, we grow up thinking that we're the issue. I know I did for years, decades actually. Nobody knows that until now, probably. But yeah, I actually thought that I did something, right? But then, you know, when you find out that, you know, there wasn't really a lot of mentorship happening in your life. When you grow up and you realize that you're just a little different. You know, when I was in high school, I was not sociable. And I didn't really understand why all of my friends were. But there was something about me that was just a tad bit off. And I just, I never knew. With the information I found out, a lot made sense. And I was kind of mad in the fact that, that, you know, that I didn't necessarily have a lot of the social skills that I wanted to have. So for me, I missed out on a lot of those things. Like I didn't really go to dances or hang out with a lot of people because I spent the better uh, years of my young adult, or sorry, um, my young life and my teenage life trying to figure out what in the hell even happened. How in the hell did I get here? Why am I living with my grandmama instead of living with my mom or my dad or my mom and dad, right? And I'll always probably would want to know until the day that I get put down in the box. But it wasn't meant to be, friends. And at some point, you got to call it. You know, you can't necessarily try to keep something alive for other people that don't know how to get it uh, squared away. That's not on you. And I don't necessarily need to know what happened because I have a good idea as to what happened. And, And I'm kind of ashamed as to what had happened. And how I had to kind of be and and a kind of how I had to deal with it. But I felt like in the situation for some of the people, I was the adult, but I wasn't. I was I was a young kid. And, you know, I told my mother, I said, I'm just happy that you had me because I would have never known life if you hadn't had me. If I could do it all again, would I redo it? You know, that's a real tough question to ask. I would want to because I love living. It's great. But I made this life of mine. Right? I made this life. I had the opportunity and the choice to go a different way, but I didn't because I didn't want to be like people. I made this life. I took all those years of being totally socially inept, you know, and unsociable. All those years of being weird and different and quiet and not saying anything, not speaking, and people don't know what's wrong with me. All those years that I went through of my life that I was given from my Heavenly Father that should have been me enjoying the gift that he gave me. No, I couldn't enjoy my gift because I had to try to figure out why other people screwed up theirs. And then they wanted to screw mine up in the uh, process as well. But again, I can't fault anybody, but that's what happened. Right? It takes two to tango. So, you know, at some point, somebody misstepped and made everything not right. But even though I missed out on having a normal family life, my brothers and sisters, uh, they got that. They had a home, a TV, and, and two parents and all that. Me, I grew up going in between like two parents, one in New York and one in Kansas. And then when one of the parents moved to Texas, then I stayed in Kansas. So then it's Texas, Kansas, and New York. That's how I grew up. So a lot of my friends, they always kind of wondered why I was a bit off. Maybe now you all know that, yeah, I just, 
I didn't really know who I was. And it wasn't until I started getting older and started seeing things for what they were. And I just had to make the I just had to make the conscious decision that wow, you know what? Wow. Wow, my life was not the way that it should have been for me because I should have got a freebie. I should have got a free pass. I should have had two parents working together happy from the jump. But it didn't happen that way. They didn't see eye to eye. And because of that, they were not they were not together. Sometimes one parent didn't even want to come see me. Right? A lot of the things that this kind of happened as a child, you just kind of like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. But the more and more that a parent doesn't show up or they don't show that they're interested, you get disinterested. It's kind of like the song by, uh, what is it? Uh, the Cats in the Cradle, right? Where where uh, the boy was young, he just wanted to go and play a ball with his dad. His dad was too busy, right? And then after that, then he, uh, well, then uh, he was getting older. And then he wanted to go and take the car out. And the dad was like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, you want to do something? He's like, no, I'm going out. And now, and now uh, the dad is older and uh, the son is older, has kids and his kids are sick. And the dad wants to go and throw the ball. And, he, and the son's like, sorry, I can't. Right. That's kind of what's happened is basically, you know, and not necessarily that it was my dad, but that's just. You know, uh, that's how the song goes is, you know, but that's essentially what happened is I'm at the point now where it's like, OK, well, it's whatever. I don't really care at this point because I can keep that in my life and keep on sucking the life out of me. Or I can just choose to move on and live my life that I built on my own. Right. And and so, you know, you don't have to unnecessarily let your situation dictate who you become as a person, friends. That's the whole point of this podcast and the whole point of, of everything right you don't necessarily have control over how other people will act before you come into this world all you know is what you know when you come into this world and what you're capable and aware of you don't know nothing else so you can't put the burden on you you come from a broken home you didn't break the home the, it was already broken so uh, first and foremost don't take on that guilt it's not yours to take on very rare have I found that there's parents that will work together on the on uh, the betterment of the children's like behalf. I will say that uh, my ex-wife and I, uh, we do a really good job at that. We're not together. She has her person. I have my person and we're happy. But we still have kids together and there are kids together. So we make the best life for them that we can every day. There's not a day that you get to take off. Now, in my situation... It was a bit on the deficient side. One parent was kind of holding the load and pulling it, and the other one was kind of uh, half-assed doing it. There may have been reasons for it. I don't know. They're unbeknownst to me. But all I know is that at this age, from everything that has happened, from all the opportunities that both of the parents had to show the love, right, to actually you know, step up in and to be the parent, I can truly only say that only one parent has kind of met the muster. The other one, you know, has tried, but not hard enough. And that's the thing, you know, is that if, and all you young people, if, <laughs> you know, you need to strap it up. You're out there, 
having a and having unpretentious sex and having children at a young age, you know, hey, I understand that things happen. I'm not faulting that. I'm not saying that it's necessarily a good thing that that's happened, but I do understand that things happen. But when that child comes into the world, I don't care if you're madly in love with each other or if you hate each other. Your obligation is to that child to give it the nutrients, the love that it requires. That's not optional. And for you to not do that, that makes you a bad parent. You did the crime, so you should do the time. Don't make a baby if you're going to act shady. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, And, you know, if you're in a situation where that happens, you know, like me, I'm sorry for you, friend. But you have a but you have a choice. You have a heavenly father that made you that wants the best for you. And while the other people that were appointed positions in his stead, while they didn't show up and fulfill the same obligations, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't fulfill your own. After all, we all must be self-sustainable in what we're doing. You must be. There's never going to be a time where your parents will give you everything, but they'll give you just enough like, for you to learn what you need. But in the event, if you're not getting what you need, find a support system that can give you what you need. Right? Because the last thing that that a child from a broken home needs is to not have any direction. And therefore, while I didn't have any direction, but I was intelligent and I knew I can't just run off the beaten path. That's just not good. That's not what's in the cards for me. So I kept trucking, I kept pushing, and I, unfortunately, I had to do it the hard way. But my grandma showed me a lot of love. My mom and my, and my father did in their own ways. But I had to figure out a lot that should have already been figured out for me. I shouldn't have had to pick sides. No child, no child should have to do that. And that's one thing I expressed uh, to my ex. I said, don't ever put them in a situation where they have to pick. There should be no decision that needs to be made. We're both their parents, and that's just it, period. That's it. We agree on that, right? And to do, and to do anything else, to badmouth the other parent, that basically makes you look bad, right? Really bad, actually. Because the truth will set you free. My stepmother, who, you know, I don't really have a lot of respect for, but she did say this. And she basically said that the truth will set you free. Everything that happens, everything that is said will always come to the light, whether it's true or false. And while she was the cause of me coming from a broken home when I lived with her and my father, with all of her mental and physical abuse. Right. The thing that I took out of that was basically that this person has issues. And they don't necessarily pertain to me. They had issues long before me. And initially, I didn't see that. But when I started to see that, that's when I knew it's not me. It's not. And it's not a blame game, right? But when you're trying to evolve and grow and trying to establish yourself in this, in this world, when you have negativity that's in your life, where you're getting hit and beat or mistreated, that can kind of skew I can kind of skew things just a tad in the negative way. Like if you get hit enough, it can make you like want to go off and hit other people or to be violent. 
but I but I've chose otherwise. I've never laid a hand on, on anybody and I never will. That's not how I parent. But that's how she had to parent. So and I don't yell at, at my kids or call them names or, or anything like that. But she did. Rather, I talk to my kids with respect. If they get out of pocket, then I gently and politely put them back in pocket. That's my job as a parent is to always be there to make sure that even though they are a product of a broken home, that they're not broken. That's key. You can be from a broken home, but you're only as broken as you believe that you are. And that's for your parents. That's It's their responsibility or kuleana like, to make sure that there's enough love there. And if not, then they make it happen. No excuses, no questions asked. Looking back on my life, I can't necessarily say that that's happened for me. But I'm here now. And so what does that mean? That means I move on. Even if I find out what I probably already know, is it going to be of any benefit to me? Probably not. It's just negative, right? So no need. Rather, I just got to find out how to love myself. Every day is a journey. When you've grown up and you've had no direction and you're out here trying to find your own way, it can be very hard. You can turn to a life of crime, drugs, other things to get you through or other vices. But I've chose not to do that. And what's been the driving force for me is that I will never treat my kids the way that one of my parents treated them ever. I just will not. I refuse to. I refuse to. And that, friends, has pushed me and propelled me to, just because I came from a dysfunctional household or a broken home doesn't mean that I'm dysfunctional or that I'm broken. I'm fully full. I'm not, I am not dysfunctional. I'm functional. I'm aware. I'm conscious. I can see things for what they are. And it's unfortunate that a lot of us, this single life that we live, we want to go through it lying and trying to make other people look bad. It's sad, but that's what it is. Love thyself. Love thyself as I have loved you. Said God, that's what you need to do. No matter what other people say or do or don't say or don't do, love yourself. Keep yourself going. You don't need no one else to keep you going. That's a big deal, y'all. So I hope that I've kind of shed some light on this and you know, for all of you all who struggle with this or you have children who are struggling or loved ones, it's real. Sit down and talk. Stop being so damn proud. Sit down and talk. Listen, explain what's going on and why you feel that way. Come to a decision, whether to agree to agree or agree to disagree, something, but agree to something and really work on it. Like, don't half-ass work on something, like really work on it. So friends, in closing, hang in there. If you have kids, step up and be there for them. If you don't, you know, and if you don't always show up, show up. Even one hour, even a few minutes like with a child can be life changing for them. They love you. That's all that they know about you. They don't know anything else. Right. Don't wind up like me, wondering and wishing for close to 43 years 
what's what and what's going on is to only to find out that everything that is wrong is the whole reason why I am the way that I am. My mother wouldn't allow me to turn into anything other than the person who I am. She taught me, she burned it into me. One love is always, y'all. It's the Soul Brother.